about the craze sweeping chennai to la cobra 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 do you want to do this dance i can put you in a trance cobra 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 um hi everyone welcome to waste fellows um for this episode we have with us noor bin laden who has joined us for this special episode uh, where both of us become agony aunts and respond to all of your depraved and desperate questions that you've sent to us by email dms and curious cat so um, welcome to the podcast noor hi wa alaikum assalam assalamu alaikum um so uh, so excited uh, to have you on board and uh, have you ever heard an episode of waste fellows before just curious yes i think i've i think i've listened to all of them that's that's great um i think uh, noor and i found each other when noor had submitted a response to our astrology episode talking about how her chart aligned with osama bin laden yes um, <laughs> um and ever since then um i've been scheming for ways to get noor on the podcast and i'm so glad i contacted her agent and her agent said sure yes my agent is none other than osama bin laden <laughs> the ghost of osama bin laden it's not the ghost he was you know when they you know that conspiracy theory that osama bin laden is still alive isn't really a conspiracy theory he just changed his career path to being my manager slash <laughs> uncle slash moral support i'm so glad the show is uh, proceeding with osama bin laden's blessings yes um so the first question um i wanted to ask or not i wanted to ask but from the perspective also we got a lot of like really bullshit questions that i'm just not even going to entertain a lot of requests okay. for us since to drag people as, since i've been branded as incel cringe so i'm just going to dedicate this episode to just being as cringe as possible and i want people to recoil in but so let's wait let's start out with this one um yes. My bro is getting too dangerous is getting to a dangerous incel who jokes about being a hapless simp to throw people off track. What is to be done for his sorry soul? So I had to really like decode this. I I struggled to like I was like okay so her brother's an online nice guy who like simps over women but secretly harbors some dangerous incel Yeah I mean I'm having difficulty yeah, trying really. to understand the question because I don't know if he's a dangerous incel pretending to be a simp or if he's a simp actually a simp but then moving towards dangerous incel And what's the difference between an incel and a simp? I think a simp is just someone who's harmless. Like mm. a simp is I would not consider a simp to be inherently dangerous and incel I think is a simp who's not being given any attention and has been insulted and told that he's unfuckable or something like that. Like I think um, you have to reach a degree of dangerousness to become an incel. But incels don't really simp too much either, do they? I think she's she she I mean I'm assuming um I'm presuming that it's she who sent us this message. But um like just there's this cons- I think it's that the brother is pretends to be innocent and pretends to be harmless but is actually um harboring yeah. some like dangerous incel light 
thought and she's scared he's going to go directly like full incel yeah I, i mean i'm assuming this is a young boy so i would i mean i've seen this a lot where i feel a lot of young men feel the need to be you know need to just have this what do you call it like an edge lord personality yeah to i don't know why maybe add some texture to their everyday life maybe yeah it's like can... when we were 14 and um yeah, everyone was a fan of hitler all the boys were like yeah like oh. i'm a nazi <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm a Tamram. My people are Aryans. Yes, and me, when I was fourteen, I just decided, you know, I'm going to start using "fuck" a lot, and that's going to define my personality. Yeah. When and I was fourteen, like, I decided so to cool. start bullying I'm people. So cool, because I say "fuck." Yeah. Speak um, cool when I started using "cunt," and then everybody thought, "Oh my God, what the hell is wrong with her?" And I thought, "Yeah, you're just jealous of my personality." <laughs> Yeah, we where we thought like when adults would tell us to not use bad words, we thought that was like state censorship. Yeah, and I think young men are still in that stage where they feel like being an asshole is good person is having a personality. I don't think they just see being normal as having a personality. See, so just found... take away the internet. Yeah, it seems like that would be a good. Maybe he should. Get, you, a, get a hobby, a very very time consuming hobby like carpentry. Or just yeah, he should be like sent to a camp. That is also. He should be made to do physical labor in a camp. It's in India, then I do not know what kind of camps exist yeah. here to develop people's personality. Really Basically, cheap. those corporate <laughs> camps. That we have, which I discovered in the MBA episode where they make uh, adults play musical chairs for oh, craft building. कुछ कुछ होता है काइंड ऑफ कैंप बट इट इज फॉर अडल्ट्स काइंड ऑफ आई शुड स्टार्ट दिस डेंजरसली क्लोज टू इनसेल्फ या या नो दैट्स सो दैट्स व्हाट वी वुड सजेस्ट फाइंड अ कैंप फॉर योर ब्रदर दैट यू कैन शिप हिम ऑफ टू सो आई मीन आई डोंट नो हर ब्रदर जस्ट साउंड्स लाइक शाहिद कपूर इन जब वी मेट आई हैव नॉट सीन दैट बट आई विल बिलीव यू फॉर योर वर्ड ऑन इट आई थिंक दैट शी शुड टॉक टू हर ब्रदर शी शुड रियली फर्स्ट understand where he's coming from and if he's really into this or it's just some very misguided way of trying to you know develop a personality maybe suggest like some better literature for him to read yeah better friends also because i know a lot of family like boys young boys and you know they behave the way they do because that's how their friends are as well so it's cool to be like that if you want to have those friends i have a nephew who's very dangerously incel and he makes really disgusting racist jokes on social media oh and he tried to add me on instagram but i rejected because i just didn't want i like i don't want nieces and nephews on my social media and i saw his jokes and they were really really just poisonous racist jokes and he's not racist but he thinks these are funny jokes to make right especially about like black people because of course yeah indian men that yeah i know 14 year old indian guys are just um, they they're not even a category that qualifies as human exactly so i need to treat uh, them like that yeah and the thing is like in reality like when he is around us he's the sweetest boy ever and he wouldn't dare say any of those things in front of us yeah but his 
trends are like that. So I think this is some thing that, you know, there's this sort of these weird, shitty personalities bouncing off each other. So it's really difficult to actually very seriously, you know, uh, deal with this, I feel, because there's nothing out there in their environment that's telling them not to be like this. Yeah, that's why I said put them in a camp. Yeah, but, uh, so, okay. So but like, if this is a grown-ass person, like maybe if he's in his 20s, not necessary. We're just assuming that like, maybe he's a teenager, maybe he's young, but what if he's a 30-year-old brother? My 30-year-old brother is becoming an incel. But that, but see, that is more convincing to me because I see it happening all the time on Twitter. I just see these 30-year-old men who seem like they're stuck in their delinquent youth. Uh, but isn't that a lot of Indian men? I've noticed that here in Shillong as well, where um, you have these men, they're in their 30s, some of them are close to hitting their 40s. And I think they're kind of envious of young men these days, because young men now have a lot more freedom than these older men did. Mm -hmm. So they try to continue being their young, free, delinquent, you know, no strings attached. I'm one of you guys. But then at their core, they're still quite old school. So they still have the same bigotries and, you know, sexism that men of their age, other men of their age also have. So you have these 30, 40 year old men pretending to be 18 year old kids and 18 year old kids suck. So I don't know what is going on here with the male species in India. But anyway, um, then the next question is, how to get the love of my life to follow me back when they have me blocked? Oh, get over it, I would say. Because if they've blocked you, they don't want to have anything to do with you, clearly. That's literally the first sign that they're not in love yeah, with you. Yeah, I'm really surprised by the... I'm, I'm surprised by this question because it's like, well, what do you think? But then I feel like this person is asking this question because she... she they, they... I need to stop assuming that like all of the people yeah. who write to us are women... But um, this person probably wants us to give them some kind of like deranged advice, like... The deranged advice would be to uh, delete Twitter. No, the deranged advice is like, you know, make another account, pretend to be someone else, forge a new identity, befriend them That's all over again. That's just asking that person... Make to them like fall in love with you. Then it's the right time, tell him you're that person he blocked. I think that... Uh, if this is a person that you've fallen in love with on Twitter, then, I mean, it, it happens. But if they've blocked you, then that's, that's like a restraining order. I know. So you should just move on and find another account to fall in love with. Yeah, and just keep going till you run out of people to fall for. Yeah, until you, you, everyone has blocked you. And now you can just freely delete your account on Twitter and get a real life. Yeah, exactly. That's good advice. I think that's good advice. We did our job. Um, how do you tolerate the girl bosses in your life? I have no girls in my life. <laughs> what about bosses? Bosses, I work freelance. So I don't even have any bosses. I don't have anyone actually. So this is the reason for my well-balanced personality. Um, yeah, no, I don't have... I have many girls in my life. But... I what is a girl boss though? I mean... It's like, what if you have a My friend who, like, went to business school and is always just, like, on her business Instagram, giving, like, corporate HR-type motivational quotes? 
isn't that isn't that just an mba person like an mba yeah that's how i that's how i interpreted it or like i thought girl bosses were that chick from that girl boss movie wasn't there a movie about a girl boss elizabeth holmes was it elizabeth holmes i don't know i don't know which movie the devil wears prada uh no i think the name of the movie was itself girl boss wait let me search this up or was it a tv series oh yeah it's a tv it's a comedy it's on netflix yeah yes it was on netflix and i remember watching this oh and i just assumed that this is what a girl boss means someone who has a business and they're really annoying about it yeah that's what but that's also like the that's also like the mba life Oh, it's not Elizabeth Holmes. It's Elizabeth Holmes is like that is like that uh, Theranos person who developed the whole scam about blood oh, testing. Oh, oh, oh. No, 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 no. I thought you were talking about some actress Elizabeth Holmes. I know they all sound the same. I they all sound the same and they all look the same, so it's very difficult for me not to be I know. Racist. I know it's not. I think this girl's name is Brit Robbins Robertson. But she does look exactly like Elizabeth Holmes. She looks like a lot of those girls. She looks like a lot of white girls with fringes. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, something about fringes makes all white girls look the same to me. Yeah, it's like the fo- you need the forehead. Yeah, 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 the forehead is how I identify them. Exactly. Um racial mapping is done on the forehead. Girl, if I remember correctly, she's incredibly annoying and entitled and she's a complete mess. and then she her business starts to build and she becomes even more business centric and it just really gets to her head and then later on you're told that you know a woman who takes a business seriously is not someone who's just you know completely off in the head and that we should take women seriously in business and there was this whole discourse around it but in the end it was just a very unlikable character so now i just associate all girl bosses with annoying women yeah but in general i feel like it's like how do you tolerate girl bosses in your life you just ignore them i don't like what else can yeah. i say i'm sure that i do know I some girl bosses i don't think this counts as a girl boss but i used to have this friend back in school and when we were in i think third standard she became the class representative i'm just going to call her amina <laughs> okay that was her real name but i'm going to call her amina uh-huh. and she was she was i i think i think i would call her a girl boss because she took her role as a class representative so seriously she was almost authoritarian about it and she started throwing poetry and paintings people were putting up on the notice board because she thought that they didn't deserve to be there <laughs> that's really funny so then yeah but these are the girls who grew into girl bosses yeah. yeah and at that time what we did to you know sort of put her in her place or whatever was that we formed a group and at that time we were learning about uh, the boycott simon movement in india huh and the boycott simon oh like simon go back quit yes, india yeah, back. okay yeah. like, who so, simon uh, uh, no, no, <laughs> like the, 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 the historical simon. independence era movement yeah, <laughs> yeah. so and uh, so every so a friend of mine formed this group called boycott amina and then slowly the number started to swell until like we couldn't like keep it an underground group anymore 
and she complained to the teacher saying that they've started a group against me called boycott amina and she was hurt and the teacher laughed at her and we were made to stand in class for an hour or something for you know creating this rebel group but it actually stopped her like you know from being such a girl boss you know that's great this is how you, this is you I, curved yeah. it it's like the it's like you know like 14 year old men run the risk of being like incels and like 14 year old girls run the risk of being girl bosses so yeah i think that is a good comparison yeah so this is this is how you deal with both then can uh, speaking of i think we were talking about hobbies but like can we spellow suggest some alternative hobbies for people who troll without imagination on twitter what is it first i how? feel that you should read a lot you should read a lot if you want to troll successfully how do you troll without what does it mean to troll without imagination like what exactly is that trolling without imagination is just nagging people isn't it yeah it's just being a pain in the ass yeah um some of the hobbies for like cooking is really good i mean just in order as a way to like not be on twitter at all it's like it's time consuming uh it's like yes. quick rewards it's something that you can do also, at a basic level and get more and more advanced that more people should take up anime and especially start off watching those animes which have 5000 episodes and i feel that that will just keep yourself sufficiently busy no yeah no and watch uh, not just anime but watch resurrection etrogol on um, netflix it has uh, 75 episodes per season and each episode is like an hour and a half long i would definitely recommend that to anybody who feels that their trolling game has gone down and yeah just also watch, i think we should take up yeah. some niche hobbies some very specific or you know join some very niche part of uh twitter and keep yourself busy there i would also recommend uh wildlife watching and if there's no wildlife then you can just like go out wherever there's greenery closest to you and start trying to like find insects and take pictures and get know, bitten by out. a snake yeah that is also an option yeah but there are a lot of things to do i think one thing would be to just step outside your house just take a walk usually after you've taken a walk then you kind of realize that whatever you were thinking was quite stupid and didn't need to be said out loud and also just like you can't be a troll if you don't have a sense of humor like i think that's my biggest yeah. my biggest problem with what i see on my timeline on a regular basis is just like these completely unremarkable unnoteworthy un- twitter beasts just between people who have no sense of humor and aren't funny yeah i think a lot so of thing is it's just really trolling there is bitchy fights that people are having with each other and if it's a stranger then they're just harassing people yeah I, like i would not consider uh, you know those bhaks to be trolls they're not trolls because none of them are funny and all they do is send threats to people so i don't understand what is troll worthy about what they're doing yeah like, i don't think discussing how you're going to genocide a community is trolling but i think good trolling was i think anupam with his recent you are a donkey tweet that was an excellent troll like someone was i just, don't think he he's being i think he's just being himself i know he was being himself but so i think like, that he doesn't know he's a troll like he doesn't yeah it was what i would want trolls to aspire to that kind of language because it was i don't know whether he was he intended 
it to be like that but it came off really funny and it just destroyed whoever it was because they completely deleted the entire thread no i love that like that yeah it left mark i think i really appreciated that that was a fun thing to read after a very long i time. mean i i used to be a troll when i when my personal identity like when no one knew who i was um yeah and but i just kind of it feels like something you outgrow after a point it's it's like i don't know like i don't know who when you hit a certain age why it's still fun for someone um but yeah unless you're being paid you know you're being paid by some kind of it cell yeah i would happily and, uh, i would i would happily do that i would have to be paid 5 yeah. rupees a tweet 5 rupees by cpi <laughs> yeah Do you think yeah. do you think the CPIM would be really embarrassed if it found out like the people who tweet on its behalf like the the group of people who like tweet um who are, like on Twitter as representatives of like their politics would and seeing like the 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 middling co- content that they produce in the name of Twitter beefs I have no idea because first they would actually have to be members of CPIM I don't know how many CPIM stands on twitter are actually affiliated with the party uh, or if it's you know i don't even know if they've actually voted because i mean cpim is barely even there in any election season so clearly the number of people who support cpim does not equal the number of people who are actually voting having who actually have the opportunity to even vote for I cpim I think on an average everybody who likes cpim on twitter is actually voting for congress as a defensive sort of you know uh, voting oh, like a third party in the region yeah yeah, or yeah, yeah. Party, whatever the party is in your yeah. state yeah the next question but yeah, yeah. Think, yeah the next question oh this, this is a, is long a very one. long one yeah but uh, i i dear waste fellows i'm a 22 year old woman who has never dated or had sex i never actively pursued it and dodged any overtures made towards me in the past I thought I just wasn't interested or was too busy dealing with other things to try a relationship at the time but now I'm worried my they see moms over cautiousness about dating through my school college years sank in too deep I'm not really interested in casual hookups I didn't fall in love in college and want to get a decent start on my career before I try dating is that dumb like just an excuse to put it off further is it ridiculous to think that when it's meant to happen the right person will fall into my lap should i just get over myself and use the next few years to have fun casual flings and great slash regrettable sex sincerely really repressed and really repressed or over romanticizing okay hmm so i don't think she's repressed or over romanticizing to be very honest um there are lots of people i know who are absolutely against casual sex for themselves because they feel that they get very they get very attached to the person that they're sleeping with so they can't possibly have mm-hmm. things so they prefer to get into proper you know long term relationships and if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out it's fine but their intent is to be in a serious relationship when they you know if they want to have a sexual relationship if you're 22 i feel it doesn't matter because whether you're a 16 year old or a 22 year old or 32 year old or a 35 year old it doesn't matter when you begin to have sex as far as you're doing it because you want it and you're comfortable yeah it's actually noble to be a virgin yeah in these yeah. days in these days of 
hypersexuality. It's it anti-establishment. Be, you know, it's punk. Yes, it's anti-establishment. It's punk to be a virgin. Yeah. But like, not if like you're gonna shit on other people, then you're just like, you know, a, then you're like just someone from like the previous century. Then you're just conservative. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. If you think, if, yeah, if you think you're, you're you're a virgin and you're gonna go to heaven for that, then you're you're just weird. But if you're like a virgin because you're just not interested and you just don't want to actively pursue it, then I think that's that's pretty that's pretty good. I mean, it's it's your yeah, choice. Yeah, it's your choice. But also think about like I'm interested in like why there's this overcautiousness because I part of me also feels like you should just like not build it up so much in your head if you feel like you are being overcautious yeah. and you should just like. I I actually you know on Twitter like what pisses me off about Gaulag culture when people are like 21 years old is that it's actually really beneficial when you're 21 years old to date a guy who's an asshole because it just makes you stronger and it helps you figure out like what what you actually want in unfortunately, someone. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I feel we live in a time where you won't know what an asshole is until one comes. Yeah, and like it's fine. You live. You will survive. So. I mean, I know people who've never dated an asshole, right? One of my friends here, not friends, more of an acquaintance. She got married to this wonderful, wonderful, sweet man who she met when she was in school. She has never been with anyone else except him. So she got lucky. Yeah, I mean, right? those are the outliers. Yeah, we shouldn't live our lives looking at these lucky stories. So I think I would just say, don't be too overcautious. Maybe you're just pushing people away with that kind energy. of paranoia. So, but if you're thinking so much about whether you want to have sex or not, then maybe that already answers your question about whether you want to. Yeah. So, I would say you can date, but doesn't really mean that you have to have sex. Like, no date needs to end up in having you know, sex with the also person. Also, like, it's, it's uh, this idea that... Um, dating class sex is a is a distraction from like the work you need to do in life because i think at some point this person said that they didn't uh yeah i want to get a decent start in my career before i try dating i mean like that's not that's not a schedule you have to follow that yeah, doesn't make sense it's not like it's like very gandhian philosophy that your mother has put into your head yeah. that you know first you have to fight for the freedom of the yeah, country then yeah. you can exactly no it's like you can do both um yeah it's easy. I mean, it's not. It's not so hard to compartmentalize your personal and your. Yeah, just do it. I feel like just start. If if it's like, if you can have friends and also manage to earn a living, then I think you can date and also manage to earn a living. Exactly. Just. I think that is how you should approach it. You know, just approach it as making new friends, and if you start liking someone enough that you want to, you know, start a relationship with them then go ahead and by then they'd be good friends with you enough to know that, you know, you're not someone who likes planes, yeah. who like take I know a girl who has this rule where she says that I will not have sex until the first six months of dating. <laughs> it's a really weird rule and a lot of people don't last. But that's what she's a bit on the conservative side when mm. it comes to having relationships. She's... She doesn't want to get into you. She gets attached basically when she has sex with someone. So she feels that if she gives up too easily, gives it up too easily, then she'll get attached. And what if it just fizzles out? So she likes that whole, you know, long kind of celibate yeah. dating. 
before. I mean, of course, there's a lot of other things sexually that are happening. So it's just she stops at the sex part. Yeah, that, I mean, I don't, I don't completely get that. We do you, like you know, like yeah, you exactly. figure out what. Like everyone has a different kind of comfort zone, and there's no reason at all. Like I hate this idea that you should step outside your comfort zones. I think when it comes to like something so intimate to you. uh you should absolutely stick to your comfort zone if that's what's comfortable to you yeah basically don't take stress do what you want just know why you're doing what you're yeah. doing like you know nobody needs to know about your personal life and if they do find out oh you're a 22 year old virgin or you're 23 24 25 it doesn't really and it's not you know and it's also like not a big deal in india Yeah, it isn't. I've never really uh, seen or heard of people making fun. I'm sure there are people out there who mock, you know, uh, women for being virgins at some X age or even men. But for the most part, I've not really seen that kind of behavior. I don't. I I I do mock virgins, but to me, it's like the virgin mentality. It's not the virgin reality that I mock. Yeah. Because in India, I mean, and I mostly mock men for it. I don't give a shit about women's sex lives. Yeah, I think in India, like we come from a very small fringe cultural, you know, uh, what do you say, mm-hmm. of sort. But the majority of Indians are all virgins because it's dirty to have sex before marriage. Yeah. So in that sense, it's absolutely okay to mock virgins. Like if there was a, I mean, look at. like hindu right wing their idea of making fun of someone is pointing out of the fact that they have sex i know you know i know i know and they're so like it's like omar khaled it's like, like saying the condoms found in omar khaled's trash can yeah it's that thing with uh, omar abdullah and uh, nidhi razdan and then you know they had the same what is that zoom background indicating that they were probably at the same hotel or room oh, or whatever oh that's so funny Yeah, so they made this whole. Then it was the whole joke was that there something's going on between the two But of them, is. which is a joke. But it is a joke if you're like, you know, virgin is like your political identity. Okay, so with the, the okay, so on the flip side, I have a problem with like um, the men on Twitter who are just kind of like these pathetic lefty horny types who are just nonstop posting about how horny they are. Like I remember there was this whole run of tweets that. when like one week into the lockdown in march and all the men were talking about how horny they are and you know because this lockdown and they can't have sex and i'm like no one who's actually sexually active is losing their mind because they haven't had sex in a week yeah. so yeah, normal people, people don't just... this is just you know, an easy way for you to talk about your sexual frustrations without having to like identify as a virgin yeah. you know yeah so that's <laughs> um so that's like that was grating to me a little bit cuz um i feel like men overcompensate and hypersexual like picket get really sexual and make everything about their yeah. like horniness and their sexual prowess when it's like their life is the exact opposite so um i wonder if men find it liberatory to talk about how horny they are like i know with women it's projected as something liberatory is that yes i am a woman yes i have a vagina yes I get yeah, 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 like yes, the I give orgasms and sex toy shit. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I kind of just think I think it's really that you know men think it's funny. 
men think it's like a funny and endearing to, to talk about how horny they are and that's how they like make are friendship with other men general? because they all connect over how horny they are I was saying, does this count as women's planning? Because we're trying to understand why men talk about. Sure, but I don't think anyone understands men more than women, so <laughs> we have to deal with them. So yeah. Um, Speaking of overcompensating, you know, I got a message on the secret message board, if I can call it that, that I feel like you have a vulnerable side to you that you are overcompensating for by irony posting. I mean, everyone who knows you knows you're a sweetheart. I think that I'm just. Yeah, funny. I don't think it's irony. I, I mean, whatever. Because that's the thing, right? If you're a, a you're a woman and you're posting funny, dumb, edgy shit, just for shits and giggles, I think I don't know why it is a natural reaction of people to think that. It's a pathology. Daddy touched you. Daddy touched yeah. you. Yeah, like, you know, the pathologization you know, of being like a funny woman. When you yeah, that's so true. Like something must have happened to you for you to become so funny. Yeah, exactly. Which is so inappropriate because then you're just saying that unless and until you get yourself like a sexually traumatic experience, your personality will just not. Flourish. I mean, I think that's men projecting because that's how they are. But anyway, um, yes. Okay, wait. What are your guys' thoughts on e-girls and OnlyFans culture? Uh, in India, there isn't really an OnlyFans culture, so there's nothing much you can say about it. And with the West, I mean, I don't know how it exists there. Like, I only the only part of OnlyFans culture I see is the one that is that is on mm-hmm. Twitter, which is mostly American, young American girls, and it's kind of i don't know i mean it's it's a little cringe uh, to me I, i find it a little cringe because more than the people i i find it predatory actually from the women's side or from the men's side uh from both sides yeah really. that's what i feel like now like, we I set think... up a system where we can all just sort of exploit each other's vulnerabilities yeah. and hedge bets against one another and one of us comes out on top it's like to me it's just so depraved on multiple levels not just like morally or sexually it's just depraved is like a yeah, concept yeah morally I, i mean sexual morality i i don't really care about that aspect of only fans but for me it's the idea that you have so many different subgroups of men on that mm-hmm. right and you have the leftist kind of you know progressive or radical progressive whatever label You have these men who are really convinced that they are doing the world a favor by watching women strip naked or whatever it is that they do on OnlyFans, and you know they talk about how they're proud to support women's livelihood, <laughs> which is funny because it's like this is the only case in which they support women's livelihood. Like if you generally supported women's livelihood, then you would support all different kinds of women's ventures, mm-hmm. right? but here it's like finally they found that one venture that they can really support and they're really ready to you know spend their money But on all, yeah. and then you have like the other disturbed alienated men who you know haven't touched a woman in forever or maybe they're just in very depressing you know uh, relationships or abusive relationships or they've just never been in relationships and they probably hate women and these kind of men seem to like proliferate on only fans it just feels like lots and lots of lonely people gathered there 
and disturbed people yeah and no one really talks about the loneliness of the women who do this because we're all supposed to think it's like yeah. empowering because you know a woman makes any choice she wants to and it's empowerment you know that's kind of how things are set up and or it seems as like sex work shaming to say anything but i think it's a sign of immense loneliness that so many young women are gravitating towards these and i think what happens with a lot of this uh, only fans advertisements that you know i mean more or less i mean might as well call them advertisements on twitter is that you just get to see the part where they have a lot of money and they're boasting about how they bought their new car and they have a house they've paid all their rent they've paid their student debts and you know they get so much satisfaction from this work which is fine but it also gives me very very strong herbal life pyramid scheme scam yeah <laughs> vibes because i think you need like referrals and everything right you can't just join only fans as uh, you know as a user right like i think you need to refer and then the you kind of like it has a very similar concept as to uh, all of these yeah. schemes so it's it's weird how it kind of mimics that kind of culture so perfectly because nobody i mean even with herbal life you don't go to women who are just having it fine right you go to women who you go to housewives you go to women no, vulnerable to this. yeah to, there's this, yeah vulnerable to this and you go deep into like small cities where you can just trap women into these schemes and i feel like only fans does that a little bit it knows exactly what kind of people what kind of men to target what kind of women to target and i'm sure there's an odd woman here and there who genuinely finds it fun but i think it's useful to like kind of be a little bit more critical about this i think that people just accepts all sex work very uncritically at least on twitter that's where the discourse is at so if you touch it then suddenly you have like all kinds of like vultures attacking you for being anti everything yeah yeah anyway my thoughts are that it's depraved and degenerate and abject yeah uh, other <laughs> indian uh, other indian i've come across i think a few like right wing oh really oh that's so funny and yeah they're like all about the indigeneity of hindu religion and they wear like lots of beads i don't know what it is about beads the minute like people who are not from any particular tribe they're just proper pajit indian women and then they wear lots of beads to kind of exude indigeneity and then they put a lot of kajal and then they do this whole weird oh my god where they like, like uh, durga or shit yeah exactly i've seen at least two of these on instagram at least do you know uh, and their entire all their comments are just horny uh, indian men they're so just funny. like oh my god red flag Uh, a Hindutva woman whose whole thing is being like Durga or Kali or something, and she just like goes around like with these naked men tied up in her room, like beheading them. She'd be so famous on OnlyFans. That'd be yeah, that'll be a form of like financial domination like, that it, the world has never yeah. seen before. Um. Anyway, okay. Ego. I mean, I don't know. I mean. what i i don't even know anymore what an eagle is because now so many things get labeled so many people get labeled as eagles 
So it's very like the most the one type of eagle that I'm most familiar with is the anime oh. eagle. Oh yeah. But yeah. And those freak me out. Like I don't I don't really I don't really care what other people have to say because it always involves acting like a child, childlike rather rather. Yeah. Like, so I I this an entire generation of men is growing up thinking the mannerisms of a child are very sexually appealing and to me i'm not sure how i want to process that if i want to process that at or all or just it's not even just a child just being like really dumb just being like just like yeah because it's not a real child it's more like the cartoon yeah. like cartoon it's like soon men are going to be jacking off to like a woman dressed up like peppa pig you know like that's yeah. where we headed but part of me is like happy that these men have an outlet i just wish that we could identify them and like isolate them so that you know what i mean like i yes, wish i wish i didn't have to deal with the fear that like oh my god what if this like random guy i'm friends with even has this like shit going you know has this like thing going on like i wish they would wear it proudly but i wish i just didn't have to deal with them again this is why i i want a world that is completely free of any kind of sexual discrimination so that i know exactly who i need exactly. to see exactly no but seriously exactly um but okay so the next one is um wait i want to get to this one now um oh this is very very depressing oh this one should i be worried about how ugly i am because men don't sexually harass me on the streets is that the one you were talking about Yeah, 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 that's the one I'm talking uh, about. Yeah, uh, I don't. I I I've been like very. This is so unfortunate because we've been conditioned to believe that men sexually harass women because they find them attractive. But it also just comes out of the whole um, like part of the whole Me Too thing. And when I mean attractive, I don't mean I don't mean like attractive as in, you know, I'm attracted to you, whatever your face may be. But this idea that. this attraction is rooted in some kind of objective beauty that this and no but has. it's also i think simultaneously promoted by like this whole me too thing where it's like every woman has been sexually harassed and like every woman has had a man try to do this to her and then it's like if you're a woman who hasn't had that experience how are you supposed to process that like what is that supposed to mean especially when yeah. the women who are at the front of like the me too movement are like actresses and models you know yeah i think that all skews our understanding of how harassment takes place and how that it's absolutely possible that there are, there will be millions of women who have actually not experienced any kind of sexual harassment i know women who say that they've never experienced same and when i actually question them because sometimes it's like oh do you not just like register this as like sexual harassment like maybe it's just like them not knowing the different types of harassment and they have a narrow but actually yeah. once even when i've questioned them it's like no they genuinely they genuinely have not other than maybe like men yeah. trying to like flash them on a dtc bus you know like stuff like that yeah which is they do generally to like i don't know in india also it's not like sexual harassment is so fucking depraved it's not just like you're walking down the street and like a construction worker says hi beautiful to you which is like the new york version of it it's yeah. literally just like men flashing you when you're 12 and like on public transport Yeah and I've come across one person who very privately told me that you know they have very hard time believing the stories of rape that women say because she says that she personally has never faced any kind of sexual harassment any 
any kind of incident where someone has laid a hand on her or spoken to her in a way that could be construed as sexual harassment. And so when people say that, oh, there are so many more women who have been raped than what we do know. And when it comes to sexual harassment, that is not rape. Almost every woman has experienced mm-hmm. something. And so they feel very odd saying that, you know, is it that I've missed out on something that could have been sexual harassment or is it, is it that other women are exaggerating? So there's definitely women out there who've not been through these experiences and that seems to kind of, you know, uh, I don't know, it seems to influence what they, how much they believe of other women's experiences mm-hmm. as well. I don't think we should really... Uh, connected to how beautiful you are because I don't think that's I don't think beauty has much to do with uh, how likely it is that you will be sexually harassed yeah uh. or at least it's a very it's one of those topics that like there's really nothing that you can add to it it's pointless having a discussion about those things no it's like yeah there's there's no point having a discussion about these things um, yeah anyway because whatever say is just and I'm gonna end up sounding really offensive if you try to like dissect this so I think it's just better to blindly believe that you or the ex- like you know the degree of your beauty has something to do with the degree of sexual harassment you face I think you should just put that yeah. in your mind um and I think, I mean, and why are we even looking at it as sexual harassment? I mean, I would understand if someone said that, am I ugly because nobody wants to date me? Like that I can understand because there are a lot of women and there are a lot of men who feel like that. There are so many people who uh-huh. feel like that, you know. But this connection with sexual harassment is a very odd thing. Like I've never heard someone speak like this before. It's very common to have. I know men who come to me and say, you know, is there something wrong with me? Like I'm so ugly, no woman wants mm-hmm. to date me. And this is a thought I'm sure a lot of people have yeah. had in their mind that you know people don't want to date me because I'm ugly. Is it true? So, but sexual harassment, I think that's just the wrong metric that you're using. Just if you have issues with how you look, then that's a completely different thing. Don't connect it. With yeah, whether you've been harassed or not. Um, then the next question is: um, Will you please yell at? Um, <laughs> is it what Kotambi? I think Kotambi is like the pun they're using, but it would be the Kosambi. I don't know. Okay, cringe circle kids to shut up. So let me see who the Kosambi's cringe students are. Or This is the uh, study circle formed by Anupam, I guess. No, the Pied Piper of the left. Tweet. Yes, so I because there are people here. Say, oh yeah, yeah, founder and convener of the Kosambi Circle. Okay. Um, so this is the first time I've heard someone just be completely irritated. I remember someone telling me I wouldn't join it for shit because I don't have time to yell at kids. Okay, okay. <laughs> so I okay. So I've largely been staying out of this stuff. Like I feel like. A version of me maybe three years ago would find it like extremely like something that's just so easy to shit on that I would just shit on it. So I, I I don't know. I don't really have any opinion on the Kosambi. I guess for me it's like the whole study circle thing and the fact that people are so self like they're always like talking about it and like they're so into it. It's just like funny. It's just it's just something that's actually. 
I mean, this is a book club, all right? These are all glorified book clubs, which is fine by me. I'm not interested. I like to do my reading by myself, whatever it is that I read. And I don't understand why there is so much hate towards the Kosambi study circle. I appreciate that they're enthusiastic about a more radical politics, which is great. Uh, it's great that their students you know, not reading Chetan Bhagat, I think that is another, you know, uh, it's it works in the favor of the, uh, it, it works in favor of culture, I suppose, that, you know, you're just straying away from really shitty literature and reading like a better curated set of books that are not fiction. Uh, but otherwise, I think my only annoyance I don't even know if I want to say annoyance because I don't really interact with these people. It's just something I see from really far is that there's just a lot of self-righteousness about studying. That is, is exactly, okay, so that's exactly my only problem with it. When, first people, very, when the whole study I'm, circle thing was first exposed me, I was like, cool, like people, you know, people need encouragement to read. It's cool that people have people to talk to. And I especially appreciate it when it's people who are older who are getting the study circles just because I feel like yeah. it's um, a way to, put, like, design your life around something um which i appreciate like yeah. i always appreciate like the diligence of it um but i think my issue is just like from when it starts like sort of penetrating like 18 to 22 year olds i'm just like it feels like it they're these kids who are the kinds of people who Haven't? when they were in school or college oh they are in school or college like they want a teacher to give them homework even during a summer break it's like that energy yeah. and it's these are very yes yeah. ma'am kids, you know, the front benches it, or like, yeah. you know, I have this whole theory. I remember talking to Fingers. I don't know. he. I mean, they're not there on, uh, you know, uh, Twitter anymore. They did the good thing of getting out of that. Um, but they were talking to me about how I was talking to them about how, you know, I've noticed that largely you can just break down everyone on Twitter into these three categories not just three categories, actually. So you know how in Indian classrooms, you've got the middle row, which is the main, like that's where the bulk of the class sits. And then you've got two rows on either side. And you can see that all of these have just these weird personalities where you have the front venture personality, which is the people pleaser. They love getting attention from teachers. They love getting homework. They like to be seen. And then you have the middle benchers, which is just like perpetually annoyed because they have to, they're the ones who have to like pass notes from one class to another. And then you have the back benchers, right? But then you also have like these rows, which are like wannabe back benchers. I think you can just start putting Twitter into all of these different categories where you have the back benchers, you have the weirdos. This replaces horseshoe like theory. After one year, you don't even, yeah. So, I think that a lot of the Kosambi student crowd is just like front. Yeah, it's like people who for the rest of their lives are going to be hunting for an authority figure to give them validation. You know, and I. Yeah. Also, I absolutely cannot tolerate anybody being overly respectful. I can't stand it. I think that's what gets to me. I think that's like ultimately I'm like, okay, cool. Like these people have a way to like exchange notes and stuff but it's like exactly what you outlined the yeah. self-righteous aspect like thinking that they're sort of um 
which is like the this is the vanguard of the left in india that kind of bullshit and um the second thing is yeah like watching someone watching a bunch of people like so it's like so cultish and weird and i'm too like at a molecular level anti-establishment to like ever be comfortable witnessing that or being part of that um yeah yeah also the fact that you know some of these younger you know uh, students i suppose they're still students because they're quite young so i'm assuming that they're still in university or college and they have this tendency to speak over a lot of the older organizers that are that are i mean most organizers leftist organizers aren't on twitter they're exactly. actually out there in very yeah they're not even in cities you know they're like in tier 2 tier 3 cities and towns and villages doing organizing work and i feel like only a very small portion of that is on twitter and you can see these young students speaking over them they don't really have any kind of experience organizing they don't they haven't really seen much of india and i see this play out so often where you know they're just calling people out randomly and calling out this leftist movement i mean recently we had that with you know the whole bengali upper caste and you know they're selling books in front of you know uh, mandirs and all of that bullshit and it's like it's these kinds of kids it's the same kind of kids you know i'm not saying that those kids are part of the sturdy circle but it's like that same mentality that i see with all of these young yeah. you know ego Uh, radical progressives is where they they're already just like 18 19 years old and self satisfied with their radicalism and which i find like, really also like because exactly what have you done to call yourself like reading radical literature doesn't mean like i don't call myself a radical because i'm not yeah what have you bombed huh? what have you bombed so... lately exactly. yeah <laughs> yeah i mean forget about have you even ever like gone and surveyed like villages in your state um, you know i mean it's even it starts with like exactly. small work such as that itself right so i don't call myself a radical at all in fact my only thing i i come on twitter to just shit on things um, and have fun because to me twitter is social media and social media is to have fun i don't get any of my news from it i don't get any of my views no exactly and i think just going off what you said like the problem i have with this stuff is that um it creates and breeds this like hyper articulate hyper literate group of kids who think that they are what yeah. um a revolutionary movement needs when actually i feel like yeah. what kids need these days is like personality development classes like classes in yeah. on like how to listen class yeah like imagine if you have this intolerable and insufferable personality and exactly, exactly. no one will want to follow you, like you no one will want to yeah yeah they're just going to you go to like some 70 year old farmer who has like cancer because you know of arsenic poisoning in his in his field and you just start talking to him in this self righteous pamphlet voice. he's just going to like lenin gets that exactly he's just going to just yeah yeah you know exactly So you know, I mean, just trying to do like some kind of you know, uh, just bring out the calipers and start measuring his skull to make sure that you know you're supposed. Yeah, I know. Right like asking him about his politics, like, asking the farmer, the doing like this. Like these kids do surveys, yeah. but the surveys are just like, what are your politics? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, like how many genders? So, how many so, genders like, are there? <laughs> children. 
literally you got like 19 year old children from bombay talking about west bengal right and this is a region completely alien to them they don't even understand the language they don't know how complicated realities of caste and ethnicity and language are and it's not how these things exist in west bengal are not how they exist in maharashtra and then you have them just like picking on people who know a lot better like you know who know about but they the just don't speak the language they speak or they aren't part of the cliques that they are part of so it's 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 some it's funny to me that this is somehow presented as like sophisticated just because they teen 19 year olds are reading theory when actually it's like them just being 18 19 year olds and i think it's really fucked up if any adults yeah. like sitting here condoning this like that's it's sort of fucked up marvelism it's marvelism like it's like that comic book shit but it's now with like leftist literature you know the sort of thing they do where you have these rivalries between different <laughs> comic book publishers and then you know if you say that you like a particular superhero then you know they just ask you oh yeah what happened oh my in god no way okay so this just gave me give me such a like a gandhi baat in my head where i was just like the like i feel like my biggest concern with these study circles is that they're like grooming impressionable young boys into becoming like cumbersome know-it-alls on twitter Yeah, and they start saying things like, "Hey, hun, why don't yeah, you drink some Lenin?" Yeah, like, hey, can you just imagine, hey. like, there's this like twelve-year-old. Are you? Yeah, no, like, sweetie, <laughs> like, it's just so fucking stupid. Like, dude, you're a kid. Shut the fuck up, or I no, will slap your fucking face. No, but I feel like they recruit. They, uh, because I think they all fancy themselves to be some kind of like secret KGB operative unit or whatever. um it's just like the kind of language that sometimes is employed to describe them but there's just like imagine there's this like 12 year old kid his head is in the mud he's just like peter stands after being bullied so badly by his peers and it's like the lowest most vulnerable point in his life and then someone from his study circle shows up this guy in like a jacket gives him like a qr code for a discord <laughs> group and he's just like scan this it gets better <laughs> and then, and then, that's how it gets better exactly you know it gets better except you know these aren't really kids with their face in the mud right these are all like big city kids it doesn't matter where they originally have come from but like they've got like the big city experience the city has completely like they've got the metropolitan yeah i mean i i am the same so yeah for all people, yeah you are there to me i don't care if you've lived 50 years in like some remote village the minute you move to a city you're a city person that's it <laughs> like there is no going back from that and what you see here is just that it's just like another way to find a clique to make yourself feel better about everybody else i know and it's not even like equivalent to what the rss does yeah. which is the funniest part because i think somewhere they've got it into their head that they're forming the same kind of voluntary vanguard uh, you know yeah kind of yeah van like what rss is except that you know if you've actually like read about the rss the kind of work that they do is beyond like they don't sit around in a circle or like get into books. twitter beefs they actually do the exact yeah they actually do the exact opposite they go like to remote regions and make people completely dependent on them at a social cultural society. economic level exactly so i just want like these kids to understand that look if you're really serious about this then i would tell you like after like you finish your college then you need to leave the city 
you need to go to some village and you need to like embed yourself in that village and you're going to see the fruits of that kind of grassroots work maybe 10 20 years later which is what artists did and for that you need like a vision that people and for that you need to be a shrewd person not and like a vision is going to be like scolding people into reading lenin then it's just absolutely not happening because the thing with rss is to be a bhag you don't need to read anything exactly you don't like need to work you don't need it. to work hard to be a bhag also it's just like it's like so funny exactly. like all these guys are like one day like, all these guys are just like like one day my comrade and i will read a revolution of dialectics in the naxal stronghold of iit bombay <laughs> like that's how that's the energy on twitter it's like no one wants to be like oh my god i used to know this guy and he was just so normal and now he's like a bhakt and i don't know how it happened and i'm just like it's so simple how it happened like you give people a vision that makes them feel good about themselves they will latch on to it yeah and that's what the rss does and it does it really well like it feeds on people's paranoias and it feeds on people's bigotries and then the most important thing is it helps people which is a reality like one of my friends he told me the story about him in uh, where does he live he lives in uti and not exactly in uti a bit off from there and this is like completely uh, full on mm-hmm. bhakt stronghold right and he, um, because of rains and there was a landslide he and his father they got stuck in their jeep and they just had to just wait there till the rains slowed down until like they saw some villager walking by and he said you know what's wrong so he said you know my car is it's not working so he said okay like i'm going to bring help for you and then suddenly there's this, this really big muscular man who comes with help with another car drops them all the way home and says you know we're going to bring your jeep to you don't worry about it and then he shakes his hand and he goes i'm from the rss remember that because mm. we help our people this is what they're doing right they go deep into these villages and even over here in shillong of all places right i see the rss they're not here like in the city you know taking like nice pictures and like having a really gala time doing like you know eco tourism and all of that shit or having study circles no they're like actually deeper into the you know village villages and these really dense jungles in the middle of in the midst of all of that and what they're doing mm-hmm. is just basically helping people that's all they do the only thing they do is they just say help 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 until exactly. you just start to trust it's like, them it's fundamentally non threatening so the next i'm lost okay the next question is um i i okay someone has asked a question about fitness there's one episode we have done about fitness okay listen to that one i'm not going to answer this question just listen to that one we've answered all these <laughs> questions uh the next one is what do you do when a twitter mutual becomes toxic i have been friends with someone for some time who recently find their behavior aggressive and too much to handle for me have you ever faced this and if so what is the least dramatic way to cope with it then there's a next question that i think hmm. we can just answer together what's the best way to deal with an annoying twitter situation muting blocking soft blocking beefing etc hmm so i would say that if someone's ag- first 
I would just like to bring up again something Fingers Gun used to always tell me mm-hmm. is that people on Twitter are not your friends. End of the day, like you may have started bonding with some of them, but a friendship requires a lot more than just having conversations very regularly. Huh. So first, I would just tell people absolutely do not share anything about your personal life with Twitter mutuals, no matter how endearing they are, because you're just putting yourself in a vulnerable place. And second, if someone becomes toxic, I think if you do feel that they're very mm-hmm. close to you, then you should just talk to them about it because that's what you do to a, with a friend in real life. Like if I have a friend who's just on average being a very terrible person, then I would just tell them why are you being a terrible person? Like, you know, what is wrong with you? Is there something going on? Are you lashing out for like a very specific reason or you've just decided that you're going to become a shitty person? So I think you can talk to them, but if you feel like it will not go in your favor, if you're not comfortable doing it, then I think maybe you should just like you can just mute them for a while. Yeah, you just and out also um, one thing I would suggest is like be very selective about who you get close to. Like it's not it shouldn't just be based on the fact that this person acts you yeah. a lot. Um, and it's okay to be like a nice and generally generous person, like. Um, like it's okay like if someone reaches out to you on DMs yeah. to like help with something like you help them out but you don't have to like think that this is grounds to like start like a proper friendship that takes a lot of time and a lot of work yeah I think it's, yeah because I think being friendly and being a friend uh, obviously we know those are two very different mm-hmm. things it's, I'm not the first person saying that and so because I've come across a lot of stories where you assume that someone is your Twitter friend and things go really bad and these obsessions begin and it's really unfortunate because it's also kind of ridiculous that something can escalate to such an extent on no it does I think Twitter especially right for it because um, I think people are developing these kind of like parasocial dependencies on one another where um Twitter becomes like social media in yeah. general is like a play a way uh, a place where people go for validation and attention, and then when you find that someone is giving yeah. it to you, you automatically assume that that's because there's a connection between the two of you. When actually, often a lot of people have noticed, yeah. like I find a lot of Twitter friendships I see to be very empty because what they just seem to be is an unarticulated, like MOU. Uh, about like attention, about like giving each other attention and giving each oh, other that kind that. of like power and attention that oh if I'm in a beef you'll back me up or like oh if I posted a selfie you'll call me hot, you know it's yeah. like completely insincere and it's all just it's all just for the image of like friendship and so you can all keep boosting each other's reputations online. So yeah. I mean, thankfully, I mean I've been burnt by. I wouldn't even say burned by Twitter friendships. I've just been burned by like random people deciding they want to hate me and starting rumors by about me one day, even when I've never been close to these people. But I've seen people being yeah. burned by Twitter friendships. And I'm also someone who I feel like has developed really close friendships with certain people off Twitter. I mean, my relationship is with someone I met off Twitter. So um, yeah. there are ways to do it. You just have to be cautious and you have to take it slow. And you have to know that you're really giving yeah. someone a chance to show you who they are outside of Twitter. So that these are things that matter. Yeah. Like I don't know, but if it becomes too toxic, I like your advice. If they're yeah. close friends, confront them. If not, just soft lock. I find soft locking like it's a way to communicate a point, but it's not too dramatic. Um. Yeah. 
if someone comes into your like direct messages and says you know why did you stop block me yeah then just then block them you should just block them because <laughs> this is block them because you know like answering these questions is just going to create a beef and i'm just completely like, against yeah. having personal beefs on twitter because it's we've all gotten into them so it's not something you can absolutely avoid but where yourself aware enough at a point where you know that this is going to graduate into a beef then i think you should just back off and be the person not beef also like one thing i also just it. like live by is like i kind of said this earlier but it came across as like really cocky but i don't see the point in like trying to prove your right on twitter you know i feel like some people get really invested in it and some people get invested yeah. in it at the level of politics which is fine but when some people start getting invested in it at the point of like Even at an ethical up. level or like trying to pick a fight that someone acted wrong or someone did something wrong or trying to like they, that's not a winnable fight because twitter is not the medium for these kinds of conversations people are like they don't care you know true i mean even i've had like these overly invested fights and they, you know they just start off as like you joking around until like someone just hits a nerve and then it just becomes a serious argument and then i'm trying to prove my point they're trying to prove their point and we're just like now we're just fighting like morons and it happens but i do feel that there are some people who've made a habit of it maybe and if that is what this is referring to then i would say just mute them block them or soft block them depending on how dramatic you think the repercussions of muting blocking etc would be like if you can soft block them but i i've seen people say you know i've why did you soft block me like you know why and they try to follow you again and do things like that I've, especially on my old account mm. i used to see a lot of these arguments play out literally on the timeline just saying you know oh i i just keep you know um not publicly per se but you know on the uh, on the alternate id there's someone saying you know oh my god i've been just like soft blocking this person for the last 2 3 weeks and they keep adding me over and over and over mm-hmm. what the fuck is wrong with them so i think in both cases you can just like absolutely block people because this like i don't even understand why there is this need on twitter that you have to follow everybody who follows you back and you have to just be completely connected to the entire network like if you don't like someone or if they're just not yeah. people that you're interested in just don't follow them because that's to reduce the chances of you getting into these annoying twitter situations or you know okay. annoying beefs. so i think we have time for one more question and we have to choose between three do you want to, which one would you like to answer Hmm. Uh, three. The ones that are the bullet points are the ones that I just hated and I don't want to answer. Ah, uh, okay. Exactly. These, so are, these like are the really ones that I questions. just like. I we'd only answer them if we don't have time for something else. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's just go through these questions. How do you feel with this evil government? Yeah. Okay, I don't even think this needs to be answered. everyone's feeling despair and there's nothing you can do about it yep. i'm just being very cynical and, here but that's the reality just and my one thing is going to have another 20 years is, of this uh just focus on being like the best person you can be and being like ethical and good in your own personal life and yeah yeah that's literally all you can do yeah exactly make sure you have like a few good yeah. people around you cuz yeah 
corny men make me violent. I get so fucking angry. It's insane. How do you deal with corny men? I don't deal with corny men because I don't know what a corny man is. I mean, there are people I find corny that other people don't find. So if you yeah, find someone corny, and, uh... then just, like don't deal with them. I guess. And I think if you're forced to deal with them, like in like at a workplace, then yeah. you just have to force yourself to deal with it. It's just the adult, like being an adult exactly. is about dealing with all kinds of that. And just like. always make sure that you have a group of people you do like, so you can always secretly tell yourself, okay, I'm dealing with this idiot right now, but like yeah. soon I'm gonna go back to my friend group who I with people I if love. You have so like, whatever. Yeah. So one thing I do is when I'm in a company where I can't force myself out of it. And I have to deal with people that I may not necessarily like, or just I find cringy or corny or whatever. <laughs> same. I just I, become yeah, really same. Oh my god, that's yeah. Same. I become so immensely boring and so serious and just like the most like terribly disgusting person to be around because I just have nothing interesting to say to anybody, and anything said to me, I will just take it seriously. I don't care if that means that. I'm left Same. there with a very poor, I've left with a poor impression because I don't even want to be around you. So I just decide that, okay, I'm going to be a boring person. Look, look super serious. Look like, na- yeah, yeah, yeah. I have, the, I have the same strategy. Yeah. But unfortunately, in some moments, because certain men can be really needy for attention. So then it leads to things like a man asking, like in a work group chat, being like, Aliza, like, why don't you like me? Please like me. Um, but... I just I just ignore that as well. Oh. So <laughs> I just completely I just make myself someone yeah. who it's like it's, it's impossible to get to me. Like there's just something wrong with me, and I don't react to anything. And soon people yeah. will learn to leave you alone and only do like kam ki baat with you. Um, okay, this is the yeah. last one. Uh, do you... you want to answer this? Hmm. I'm thirty, sick of having to argue over this. Ma entire family blah 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 okay so basically doesn't want to get married and the entire family is forcing them to be married has a job that is eight to ten to eight and don't want any obligations that come with partner and children and i've told them that time to myself most compelling argument that my cousin came up with is that i could get the cat that i've always wanted and my wife could take care of it while i was at work I mean, I really want a cat, but that's dumb. I'm rambling, but basically, how do you set boundaries for this? It's so very difficult to answer questions about boundaries in a, in an, in the Indian context because I think our culture. He should just like pretend he's gay, come out, and get like disowned by his family, and then no one will ever ask him again. <laughs> but like, <laughs> I, I know. mean, like the Indian context doesn't even allow you to do that. Yeah, so basically it leaves you no choice but to like force yourself into marriage but obviously that's not advice so uh, this is difficult I mean but I feel like he should just exploit his being a man in this case because mm-hmm. it would have been a lot easier to you know uh, force a woman because I know a lot of women who are forced into marriages whereas you know the men can still sort of you know try to push it for as long as possible but i i don't know if this is inspirational to them but i'm a single woman who's almost 30 and i'm really happy about that and the way that i've got my family off my back 
was by telling them that they had such terrible marriages desire no yeah <laughs> no like interest yeah no it left no desire in me to like replicate that really that again and i would rather just be happy by myself and like find someone on my own terms so i don't know if they come from a family where they can just answer back in that sense in that way so i think what you should do is just take up more work and say that if you get married then she just has to stay at home for like 5 minutes and i mean she all she's going to get is 5 minutes so what's the point of like and just or just sum up it like an unrealistic set kind of, of demands of what you want in a wife yeah. that is she no one can find yeah you could do that i know someone i know someone in my family who did that he it's such insanely unrealistic demands that it just was not possible to find a wife for him for so long like he want he said he wanted a muslim who had the same degree as he had but she had to be completely irreligious and she should never ever mention the word religion in the household and she i mean these were just such confusing demands and he didn't want children until the age of xyz and things like that and and he was so adamant about it that they had no option but to like actually find someone like that for him and which allowed him to actually like you know sort of chill out a little bit because they actually did manage so, yeah, to find someone like that yeah it's just one way you don't want to like confront them time. you can just like pretend to acquiesce to their demands yeah. and then so, yeah so the two things that would just be is like become so demanding that it becomes almost impossible to find someone like that and the second one is to just instead of talking about yourself just talk about the potential wife you know she's going to be at home all she's going to be doing is like she she'll only ever get to interact with me for like 5 10 mm-hmm. minutes a day because i'm a really busy person and you know she's not going to get any love from me because i'm always going to resent her like make it seem like as if if you force uh you know uh, if you're forced into a marriage then even if like his parents don't care about what he will go through do you think that you know someone else's daughter should yeah yeah you know, some kisi aur ki beti <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Just pull that shit and see if it works. If not, then that's what I was going to say. Just like, like move get, really like, far don't away answer people's calls. I never answer anyone's calls. No one gets a chance to bug me. Yeah. Anyway, name your Twitter crash and name who name, you find most annoying. Oh, I'm not going to name my Twitter crush. I've had the same Twitter crush since forever, but I don't want to make them awkward and. you know i think it's really really inappropriate to like um such a good crush. muslim woman <laughs> yeah i'm kidding i'm kidding no it's not that it's just that it could be it could be just really embarrassing for the other person you know what if they do not like you or what if they just i mean it's inappropriate it's sort of like asking someone to marry you in public and you know it doesn't really exactly no i i think it's gross as well. i think it's gross i think generally so, like thirsting yeah. online is gross like i just i find that really awkward um yeah. name who you find most annoying i'm not going to be too controversial name who you find most annoying. i don't know i don't find yeah i don't really have anyone that i find annoying because i don't follow people what i find most annoying and that, annoying that regularly is like one of the reasons why i use twitter less and less now is that there's so many ads on the app like random suggestions that i should follow or just like random people who promoted themselves yeah. like i find all those people annoying i block 
every brand or person that Twitter tells me I should follow. Which is why there's so many people who must be wondering why I blocked them. I just do it because I can't handle it. It bugs me. Um, that's that's it. Yeah. Um, anything? Yeah. Should we take the other one? Oh, yeah. This, no, you uh, say it. The, the third last one. I didn't know whether you'd want to answer that. <laughs> so this, this one is, it says, marry, fuck, or kill, Sturgeon's Law, Marginal Scribbles, Anupam Guha. I think I would kill all of okay. them. And then I would just fuck myself. Because this is just absolutely, I, know. I, I actually hate these questions. <laughs> these marry, fuck, and kill, because it's so intrusive, I feel. Like, I don't think the yeah. other person wants to know what, you know, you would do to them. Yeah, I mean, I so I no think I would just kill all this. of them. Sturgeon's Law is very marriageable. Yeah. But I so, don't know the other two. Like, I don't know them in any way that I can comment on any their fuckability, whether they deserve to be killed by me, yeah. whether they're marriageable. I don't know. Like. So I think this is all the questions that we have yeah. that are like good enough to answer. And we had a lot. So I just want to mention, we did have some questions asking us to call out certain people on Twitter and say, you know, can you just tell this person that they're full of shit and like nobody likes them. So I just want to say that if you have someone that like really grates on your senses, just don't follow them and like stop asking other people to fight your battles. Like either you just go directly tell them that you've got an issue with them. But if it has nothing to do with you, then also yeah, and just I've been getting them. messages like, like from people them, for so it. long ever since because I think people see me as someone who like can drag someone or like is like brave enough to say she doesn't like someone or whatever. I don't know what it is like someone who isn't afraid to be controversial or someone who gets involved in that kind of shit. But like I'll only pick my own battles if I have battles to like I'm not going to do it on your behalf. Yeah, I don't even know if it's the same person like constantly telling you like. Oh, call her that person, call her that, tell that person to like shut the fuck up. Or is it like truly so many people dislike this problem character? Get over it to like, do it yourself. Just get do, over like, it. I mean, like, like stop following people you don't like. Yeah, yeah. I think they don't want to do it themselves because it would just look stupid. Like, because clearly it's just someone that irritates you. Yeah, no, like, I think the funniest thing that you I person. went to once was, um, I'm going to edit this out from the episode, but. Um, it's Mental Health Awareness Week this week. And I've been thinking a lot about the comments that I see all across this platform, from the mean fairy trend to just the general mean comments. And about the fact that I think a lot of the time that we forget that there's a real person on the other side of the screen with real feelings and real insecurities and real stories that we know nothing about. And, and I forget this too, that there's like a real person who really might be reading your comment and reading your DM and probably is a lot more times and often than we might think. And I think we want to, of course, challenge people to be better and have uncomfortable conversations. But I don't think anybody wants to be the reason that somebody else's day sucks, that somebody else feels really freaking small about themselves or really just sad and worthless. And I think too often we make people feel like that. And I don't think that's the world that any of us want to live in. And so I hope this week and all weeks that we take a moment to encourage some positivity and kindness because I think we all need a little bit more of that. Thank you for coming on this episode. It just was so much fun. Uh, Thank you so much. Yes, we should take more. Uh, we should, we should like because we got so many responses. Like, tell us about um, There's some that I didn't even put in the doc because those were like the truly tucky tier. Like, like, you know, I just couldn't um, 
but yeah like seems like people yeah. really do need a lot of help and every time i do one of these things or like submit questions people it's like the curious cat is flooded so yeah